This is Hot Laps Michiana, your audio podcast of everything motorsports in Michiana and beyond with Ron Barash, commentaries from David Land, ABB Formula E News, and weekly Ron Barash interviews and hot race sounds. All coming at you weekly as a service from SME Community Radio. Ladies and germs, start your engines. Hello, Ron Barash here. We're going to do a little bit of an earlier racing roundup for last weekend. Not a lot of tracks raced last weekend. Uh, a lot of them did the Night of Destruction events. New Paris had a big one. South Bend had a big one. Uh, something I did tape at South Bend was the fireworks display and the monster truck exhibition there. But uh, you folks get a chance to watch that firework display Kevin Sauer and Vern Sauer put together. And uh, it's a five-figure uh, bill there for those uh, fireworks, but well worth it. And uh, the phenomenal was the finale there. It was just amazing. So... Uh, Get a chance to check that out. Amazing aerials. I mean, uh, Kevin's always been big on fireworks, and uh, this year was no exception. Place was packed. Amazing show over there at South Bend. A lot of entertainment, a lot of fun. A long night, but uh, a lot of fun. People from all over the place were there, from Chicago to Grand Rapids to Lafayette. Um, going back to some racing, South Bend did have a racing program back on Friday night. They did a Disney giveaway as well, but the fan that won it, actually, he took the cash instead. So uh, might uh, have another one down the road there, again, down the road on that. But uh, uh, mini-stock-wise, Jason Shepard won the mini-stock race. He was one of the slower cars there. Started up front. I thought he was going to go over his time, but uh, he held off. Bobby Lauder for the win. Good one for Jason. He was a very dominant mini-stock for uh, last couple of years. Still trying to find some speed in that five car, but a good win for him. Jaden Kurtachi, he uh, won the late model race. Car, uh, I think only three or four cars finished that race. A lot of attrition. Some cars got in the wall pretty good because some cars were leaking liquid. And uh, I think I'm sure that the last 10 laps for Jaden was probably 100 laps. But uh, youngster took it to win. He has been racing with the Jeg Series for the last couple of years and uh, start racing the late model for Rich Bowl last year. Kind of got his own car for, uh, still a bull car, but uh, got it from Rich Bull this year, and he's been quick. Some good finishes, but he finally got that first ever super late model win, so great one for him. Derek Davis, he's been uh, kind of struggling a little bit this year. He was winning a lot last year, um, had some uh, motor issues, this and that, got the paint scheme on it. Now he's got a number on it, got it all decaled up by uh, Melissa Coons, looks really good there. And he took the front wheel drive A main win, so big win for him there. Actually, his brother was leading. They came up on a lap car, and Derek shut the door on him on a lap car as a pick and uh, took the win. Um, Jacob Maynard, Sportsman Main, uh, he's been racing off and on a little bit this year, but uh, had that 14 car running really good there Friday night and took the Sportsman Main win. He did an outside pass on the 11 car. Uh, Brandon Smith for the win, and uh, good deal there for him. Austin Maynard actually took the uh, street stock win in the 70 car, and that was the uh, Mike Failer entry, and uh, I think that's his first or second win in the streets. I think that's the second win in the street stock. Jeremy Campbell took the B main for the street stocks, and going to the Hornets, Cordell Davis took his third win of the year, and uh, got that 20 car running awfully good there, and Leroy Luna actually uh, took the B main for the Hornet class. So that was it for the racing at South Bend. Now, Saturday night at Lucas Oil Speedway, or as we would call it, Indianapolis Raceway Park, for our, our people that's been around a long time, the Superstar Racing Experience was there, the SRE League. A lot of people say, what's that? Well, that's that Tony Stewart deal that he gets 12 cars together, 12 different drivers, 
Um, about seven, eight, nine of them are going to be full-time regulars. There's a couple guys that's going to take a night off or two, and they bring in some ringers. And the ringer this weekend was Bobby Sandals from the sprint car ranks. But uh, as the race unfolds, they run two heat races. They invert them for the feature. And Ernie Francis, actually from Trans Am, started up front with Scott Speed. Tony Stewart was up there. Stewart kind of fell back a bit. Speed and uh, Francis put on a great show. Uh, they had the break and everything. They came back and raced again. And uh, a couple more passes, a couple different lead changes. But Ernie Francis took the win. And Bobby Labonte, of all, got uh, second place out of that. Scott Speed ended up getting third. Santos from the sprint car ranks ended up getting fifth. Tony Stewart was seventh. And he was... Uh, Kind of the guy that was doing a lot of wins over the last couple weeks there. But uh, last week, it was, like say, Indianapolis Raceway Park, Lucas Oil, on the 5 8 mile pavement. They're going to go to Slinger Speedway, a high bay quarter mile track, this Saturday night. And that's going to be on CBS Sports again at 8 o'clock. Um, talking about maybe having a couple of different guys uh, over there for Slinger. So they're gonna, we're going to announce that a little bit later. So keep an eye on that announcement, who's going to be the, the kind of the guest drivers over there. I know we got Scott Bloomquist is going to be coming up on another show here um, before year-end. And we could see that Cody Swanson could be in a ride here, too, for a show. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Road of All-Wise, Brad Sweet took the last five wins at Cedar Lake. He swept them this past weekend. And uh, Carson Macedo gave him a good run on Saturday night. But... Uh, uh, sweet, he just, he just seems to have that Cedar Lake place figured out and took the 10,000 to win show. Um, something else we got going on this Wednesday night, St. Joe County Fairgrounds, we got the mini wedges. And those are the kids that race those cars. They race them at Plymouth, they race them at South Bend on Sundays. Um, they're little Kalamazoo Speedway. Um, I think they're at Crystal, a couple different tracks. I think they're at Springport. But uh, they're going to have like a practice session on the dirt track. Out at the fairgrounds there about 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. So it's you just pay the admission price. You can get in there and watch these kids up close. And they have the fire suits. And it's uh, kind of like, it looks like a, like a kind of a slower go-kart, but it's got a wedge body on it, like a late model wedge body, full row cage on it and stuff. But these kids are anywhere from ages 4 to four to 11 years old. I don't, not sure if the 4, 5, and 6-year-olds will be doing this for the junior class, but the... Uh, the, the older kids will be doing it, but uh, it's going to be it's free to watch them. They actually are going to race Saturday afternoon at the fairgrounds, so uh, something to be kind of cool to check out for them. Uh, big experience for them. And like I say, St. Joe County Fairgrounds on Wednesday night. But uh, that'll do it for this here edition. We're going to have another one later on in the week. Got a big show, South Bend's Leasing M40 Speedway for a Saturday night program up there. New Paris has got their uh, Sessler tune-up race with the Modifieds and Super Late models. Street Stocks added for the big race there. Some added money's going on there. And uh, a couple other tracks will be back in operation. I believe Plymouth Speedway will be back again with a regular program. But uh, we'll kind of highlight that. Friday night we're going to be at uh, Kalamazoo Speedway. we got the vintage cards this time. First time there and I think five or six years, so pretty good deal there. So, plus McLawn Speed will go back in action down at McLawn there down in uh, central Indiana. So that's about it for now. And uh, any questions, be sure to give me a message. Be sure to check out that firework display with, with some of that footage from South Bend Motor Speedway. It's, uh, Kevin does a hell of a job with that deal. So take care now. See you later. Here is David Land's YouTube Motorsports Commentary Show. So let the record show that here on July 1st, we're talking about the 2022 IndyCar season. 
I guess it's silly season already because there has been a ton of talk about the 2022 season already. Um, In fact, three really significant articles I want to talk about. Um, All of the links to those articles will be in the description. I'm just going to pull just a couple of key notes from them and talk about them because, trust me, there are some key things happening behind the scenes right now in IndyCar racing. And if you've clicked on this video, you've probably already uh, clicked for the reason I'm going to talk about right now, which is Jimmy Johnson is uh, apparently very, very serious about doing the Indianapolis 500 next year. Nate Ryan, NBCSports.com, had this to say today, or at least had this quote from Jimmy Johnson. We're trying to set up a test for me to run a big oval so that I could then go to the brickyard for the fall tire test that typically happens and go through my rookie orientation, Johnson told NBC Sports. And we're trying to find either Texas or Homestead. I need to run one of those two first before I can go to the ROP at the brickyard in the fall. So, 82 times Jimmy Johnson won in NASCAR Cup competition on an oval track. And thanks to NASCAR Man for this stat, only one of those was on a road course. He's only been running road courses his IndyCar career, but it certainly does appear... I mean, okay, it doesn't just appear. Like, I I really need to beat this into people's heads. This is a tacit admission (laughs) that Jimmy Johnson's going to do the Indy 500 next year. We need to be very clear about that. There's no ifs, ands, or... Well, I guess there are some ifs. But the, the language is very much, there's a plan. Got to go to Homestead or Texas. I hope it's Homestead because I don't know how Jimmy's going to deal with the PJ1 at Texas. But you start, you do your first oval test. You come to Indianapolis, do the rookie orientation, similar to what Scott McLaughlin did this year or, or last year, at the end of last year after St. Pete. And then uh, you come back in May and you're ready to go uh, for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. Uh, this, At this point, I mean, again, something could go wrong in one of the tests and, and Jimmy could just say, okay, this isn't for me. No doubt about that. Uh, and that's why he wants to do this. He, that's why he wants to test. But the fact that we went from, and this is just, this is amazing to me because we went from at the beginning of 2020, right? It was Jimmy Johnson. He's like, yeah, I'd kind of like to do IndyCar. And then it turned into, okay, well, you're going to get a test with Aaron McLaren SP. Then the world fell off a cliff. And then in the middle of the summer, it was like, okay, Jimmy, well, Aaron McLaren SP doesn't have any time for you right now. How about Chip Ganassi racing? And it was like, okay. And then he had a positive COVID test, and then it was delayed for a little bit. And then he finally got to run. Then he was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to do the road courses. And then people started asking him immediately about the ovals. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do the ovals. Then he started to change his tune the more he ran Indy cars, and it was like, well, maybe I'll do a short oval here or there. Maybe I'll do Gateway. And we've gotten this far down the line where now Jimmy's like, yeah, I'm going to do my rookie orientation. (laughs) So this is very exciting. And uh, it's amazing because just yesterday, I pointed at, ironically, I don't have the Jimmy Johnson car out today, but I, I, I pointed to the Jimmy Johnson car when we were talking about Chip Ganassi getting paid for his NASCAR operation, I was like, this opens up the possibility to do things such as run Jimmy Johnson at the Indianapolis 500. Because you still have, uh, unless they're going to buy Tony Kanata out of his contract, Tony Kanata is still contracted to race the oval tracks for Chip Ganassi Racing next year. 
so that could potentially be a five-car team from Chip Ganassi Racing. But again, now that the NASCAR organization has been sold, maybe you have some funds opened up that you can do this sort of thing. And you got to think, you got to think that, and I kind of, this is weird because (laughs) I kind of figured when Jimmy Johnson said he was going to be on the NBC Sports broadcast, the Indianapolis 500, and that he had never been to the Indianapolis 500, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to catch the bug. There's no way he's not going to catch the bug because he always talks about it. He was an IndyCar fan growing up. He loved the Indianapolis 500. He loved guys like Rick Mears, but he'd never been to the race on race day. And it's like, okay. Yeah, he's going to get it. And it just so happened that all four of the Chip Ganassi racing cars were in the Fast 9. Dixon's on the pole. Uh, Polo is very nearly a winner in a Chip Ganassi racing car. You know, if, if the leapfrogging kind of worked out a different way or if maybe Felix Rosenquist had stayed out and drafted with Polo, they might have pulled away from Elio. Polo wins the race for Chip Ganassi. Jimmy John, you don't become a seven-time NASCAR champion if you're not a competitive SOB. And you have to think Jimmy Johnson was sitting there going, hmm, yeah, I could have I could have been in that second place car and maybe I could have won. And that's what he's going to be thinking going into next year. And it's a, it's just, I can't believe this is really real, but it seems like it's really real. Jimmy Johnson, for all intents and purposes, is preparing to race in the Indianapolis 500 next year. Imagine saying that 10 years ago. You would have been laughed off the face of the earth because and I think it it, it's, it states to or it, or it says something about the status of IndyCar racing and how I, and I'm, I'm going to start beating this drum a little bit more. IndyCar racing, particularly the Indianapolis 500, seems like it's rising rapidly in profile. Uh, I think IndyCar and a lot of this is the leadership of Roger Penske. Let's be honest. Has come out of the pandemic a lot stronger than I think we may have expected. I think Elio Castroneves winning his fourth was major. Uh, that's going to do great things. Because, again, Elio is a domestic star. Obviously, he's Brazilian, but he had his greatest successes here. And for him to have that success, it's raising the profile of, of the event. There hasn't been a four-time winner actually participate in the Indianapolis 500 in my entire lifetime. That, that changes next year. Formula One is ta- has been talking about moving the date of the mo- or uh, moving the calendar around so that the Indianapolis 500 is a weekend off for Formula One. Well, what does that imply? It implies that F1 drivers theoretically, potentially, uh, if things work out and, and the schedules can be kind of manipulated between both Monaco and, and Indianapolis for pole day, uh, you can see Formula One drivers in the Indianapolis 500 without having to skip an event. So then you look at possibilities like Lando Norris coming over here or Daniel Ricciardo. We're going to talk about McLaren later in this video. But as of right now, it looks like we're going to get Romain Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson in the rookie class of 2022 for the Indianapolis 500. That's going to be significant. I can't. I, I'm so happy. I'm doing what I'm doing because I get to be on the ground floor of that next year, providing you guys all with the coverage of that. So obviously, we're going to continue with the Jimmy Johnson talk, the Jimmy Watch, I guess you could say, as we continue. But first, we need to move on to Andretti Autosport because there's some serious drama happening there as well. This article comes from Racer.com. Marshall Pruitt again. Link to that article will be in the description. This is the key quote. Comes from Michael Andretti, which says, I think there's going to be some change on the driver front, and the goal is to stay at four cars, Andretti told Racer. Obviously, we have two locked in right now, and there's two that are in question at the moment we're working on. Okay, so Michael Andretti 
Going to change it up at Andretti Autosport. Now, if you don't know, the two that are locked in right now with contracts are, hey, Alexander Rossi's one of them, uh, but Colton Hurt is the other one. And I think a lot of people would probably say that these are the two drivers that uh, have had the most success with Andretti Autosport, though certainly Rossi's been slacking a bit. And I've seen some internet talk that he's not particularly happy at Andretti Autosport. Apparently he's been a little bit... um, caddy on his podcast but that'll be interesting to kind of see would someone go and buy out Rossi's contract I don't know but the two on the hot seat pretty clearly are Ryan Hunter Ray and James Hinchcliffe in fact Ryan Hunter Ray almost didn't run this season because DHL almost didn't come back and I do have a contact on the James Hinchcliffe side of things so I did when this article came out I reached out and was just like okay what's going on here and the response I received was an interesting one on the Hinchcliffe side of things which was Who's going to pay for it? And I interpreted that as Hinch has a budget. Who else has a budget that would kick Hinchcliffe out of the out of the seat? I think a lot of people are going to be looking at um, Kyle Kirkwood, who is uh, having a pretty decent season in uh, Indy Lights right now. It's going to come down, it looks like, to him and Dave, David Malukas for the championship there. Um, assuming that Kirkwood wins the championship, which right now is not a guarantee with Malukas driving as well as he is. Um, He's obviously an Andretti Autosport uh, driver and bringing a million plus dollars into Andretti Autosport would certainly be more than potentially Ryan Hunter Ray could come up with, especially if DHL leaves. Uh, So I would think that Kyle Kirkwood's definitely one who's in that discussion. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that both drivers, meaning both Hinchcliffe and Hunter Ray, will be gone. My feeling would be that only one will go. Um, So it'll either be Hinchcliffe will be out, um, potentially with Hinchcliffe's budget going with him. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, Or Hunter Ray will be out and Hinchcliffe will stay. I don't think they'll both go. And that's, again, just me. That's total speculation, by the way. Because I think a lot of people would point to like an Oliver Askew, and I agree. I would love to see Oliver Askew get another opportunity. In fact, a lot of talk right now has been that, wow, that guy really impressed when he was super sub for two weeks in a row um, on different teams and, and really did a great job at Road America. But And he obviously has the Andretti Autosport connection as well. Does he have the budget? That's going to be the question. And, and I'm sure he's going to be working towards that in the offseason. Um, as far as I had heard... Uh, Askew had actually gotten pretty close to an Indy 500 ride. He wasn't quite there. I think he was missing a little bit of budget, um, but he was close. So that would lead me to believe that it's not unrealistic that an Oliver Askew could come up with a budget uh, to uh, come back into IndyCar, especially this time having quite a bit of lead time between now and the season. And And certainly the super sub duties have helped. The fact that he's still with Andretti Autosport working with them on the IMSA side has helped quite a bit. But then you also look at guys like maybe Devlin DeFrancesco, which is an interesting one because he's got the Steinbrenner Racing connection. Uh, the 29 car, which is driven currently by James Hinchcliffe, is the Steinbrenner Racing car. Uh, Devlin's got, as far as I know, quite a bit of budget. So theoretically, Devlin could move up and drive the 29 uh, for George Steinbrenner or one of the co-owners of that team if uh, they wanted to move up to Indy Light or to, to, for, from Indy Lights to IndyCar, kind of similar to the way uh, both of those guys moved up with uh, Colton Herta in the past. But we'll have to see. Uh, again, I, I think only one. I think only one will go between Hunter Ray and, and Hinchcliffe, and I think it's going to come down to money. And so I think if DHL leaves Hunter, now the question will be: 
if DHL stays, what does Michael Andretti do? Because I think he's clearly considering a change. Do you throw both drivers out, even if they both have budgets, and try to get two different drivers in there? Where does the money come from? Like my contact at the Hinch in the Hinch camp said. That's the question, and we're going to have to see. Uh, obviously, this is early days for this, um, but certainly I'll try to be on top of it as it develops. Final point, again, from Racer, Marshall Pruitt, doing the grind. Uh, this is talking about a third potential Aero McLaren SP car. Um, there were some fairly vague quotes in here. I don't think this is super, super far along, or at least Sam Schmidt may be pay- playing coy, uh, which was essentially uh, what Sam said was, due to the limited testing and everything else, we'd love to have a third car contributing fast and free, but it has to be fully funded. So, again, we've heard quite a bit about a third Sam Schmidt car for, what, two, three years at this point? Um, Now, they came close in 2020 to pulling that off, at least on a a, a most of the season uh, schedule. Obviously, they didn't show up with a third car at the initial attempt at St. Petersburg, but as far as my understanding goes, they were going to try to get, I believe it was Jensen Button, Jimmy Johnson, and Fernando Alonso kind of to split that seat for most of the season. Uh, it obviously ended up didn't not happening because the world fell on its face. But uh, then you come to this year, and you had a mu- actually a much kind of a more solid Air McLaren SP effort for that third car this year because of course they ran uh, the Indy GP beforehand with Juan Pablo Montoya, and were rewarded with that third car having a uh, third or a tenth place uh, or a top ten finish in the Indianapolis 500. So a lot of people have been pointing Kevin Magnuson as a guy, and Zach Brown himself has even kind of said, yeah, we'd want Kevin Magnuson. In fact, they would have talked to Kevin Magnuson uh, if they'd known he was available before they talked to Felix Rosenquist, which is kind of an interesting commentary uh, that we found out last year. But my thought is, especially because a lot of people, rightly so, when you bring up Magnuson, point out that this guy signed to Peugeot, in the World Endurance Championship for next year. So what's the conundrum there? My thought would be maybe, maybe we see a kind of a similar theory or a similar approach from Aero McLaren SP that we saw them try to do in 2020, which is essentially turn, I guess we'll call it the the third car, the 86 car as it was this year, into an all-star kind of car. Uh, I would assume, because the, the World Endurance Championship season is not very long. It's pretty spread out throughout the year. Now, obviously, Peugeot is going to be doing a lot of testing, which is probably going to be the lion's share of what um, Kevin Magnuson's time is is uh, taken up by. But he has stated that he wants to run IndyCar. So maybe you run Kevin Magnuson at as many events as you can. Maybe try to get him in the Indianapolis 500, but then stick Juan Pablo Montoya in for the rest of the season, or maybe somebody else. Um, maybe do four cars at the Indianapolis 500 if you want to put Montoya and Magnuson in there as well. Uh, I think that one, again, it's it's kind of one of those things where you hear, oh, we're going to do th- a third car, and you hear it three or four years in a row, and you go, okay, 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 yeah, right. Um, kind of like what hap- was happening with Ray Hall for the longest time, but it, I would I would honestly put Ray Hall at a very high probability of having a third car next year, especially considering the, the amount high V is starting to really activate, and quite honestly, how well Santino Ferrucci has taken to that team and how well he's been performing on a part-time schedule. I think you can definitely, well, I haven't, I don't want to say act like I know that something's happening, but 
I would be very surprised if Meyershank Racing is only a one-car team for the full season next year. Let's just put it that way. Um, and uh, so it seems like IndyCar, the grid's going to be massive next year. And, again, you look at not just the Indianapolis 500, which, you know, again, there's a lot of moving parts, obviously, and it depends how many engines are actually available. When you, But when you start thinking about, well, Ganassi could be at five cars and Andretti could be at five cars and... Penske could be at five cars if you add in Pareto Autosport, and McLaren could have three or four, and then you go, okay, yeah, maybe maybe there will be 38 to 40 cars, and that's just amazing. Um, and then for the rest of the season, you could have as many as 28 at most events. That's nuts. That's insane. That's fantastic news. Uh, it really is. It's great for the series, and it's going to be fun to continue to follow. So thank you guys so much for watching. This has been David Land on YouTube. Subscribe for more motorsport and IndyCar content. I'll be at uh, SRX on Saturday night at Indianapolis Raceway Park, and then it's going to be an overnighter over to uh, Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course uh, for that race. We'll hopefully have a report out on both of those races on Monday. Hoping to get that filmed at uh, Mid-Ohio before I have to come back home again to Indiana. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next video. So who had this in their 2021 bingo card? Pitbull, Justin Marks, and Team Trackhouse have just purchased Chip Ganassi Racing's NASCAR team. Um, wow. <laughs> so when I heard that there was going to be a big uh, Team Trackhouse press release, and it was like going to be a major announcement streamed on NASCAR.com. I was just kind of like, okay, I've heard this dog and pony show before. I feel like every time there's like a major announcement. I mean, Chip Chip himself made a major announcement this year where uh, he was like, we got a manufacturer we're going to bring into our team. And everybody was like, whoa, what does, what's this all about? Turned out it was just Hummer stickers on his Extreme E car. So, you know, when I hear this stuff, sometimes I go, okay, is this actually going to be a major announcement? I guess wrong today, <laughs> and um, that's why I rushed back here to the studio. I was actually out of out of the house. I looked at Twitter, and uh, people were like, "Hey, David, uh, so Ganassi's NASCAR team just got bought," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's significant." So, the big reason I think this has happened is because of the charter system, and. What happened in the last couple of weeks, or what is happening clearly right now in the last couple of weeks, is that um, the teams that want to be there in 2022 are positioning themselves to do so through buying charters. And um, the market value of a charter right now is absolutely skyrocketing. It is through the roof. Uh, Colleague Racing, you may have already seen this, bought two charters for $10 million each recently. Uh, and this is a much more significant purchase for Team Trackhouse. Now, they get both of Chip Ganassi's charters, which, given market value, that's $20 million right there, and they're getting all of his NASCAR equipment, his shop, and uh, I think, according to Chip, their employees. So this is a significant purchase. I can't even imagine <laughs> how much they paid for this. Uh, and uh, it certainly shows that I think Trackhouse is very, very, very much committed uh, to the cup side of things, but it also raises a lot of questions. Uh, one of the first questions that I have, and it's one that 
I've kind of seen coming for a while. Again, it's it's not going to be confirmed until we see how many cars actually show up till day, to Daytona. But my thought is with the charter system, especially how valuable those charters are right now, and with the new cars coming, with the next-gen cars, uh, and, and those cars being totally brand new, you have to buy all new equipment to run those race cars, essentially, that we are going to see a reduction in grid size. I mean, even if you look at this, uh, essentially, this would be a reduction of one car uh, from, the, from the series. I know that Trackhouse had a charter for this year, but I think their char- for some reason their charter has gone away. I think it was the JTG charter, I think, the second one. And I think JTG is taking it back or they might have sold it off to like Colleague or something. But uh, the, the point being, I think we're going to see a reduction in field. I think we're pretty much just going to see the charter teams. Maybe one or two open cars, especially at Daytona where I think uh, something like a Rick Ware, uh, if they sell off their charters, and, and by the way, they should if they haven't already, uh, you might see a couple of those cars just to just to get the prize money. We might see a full field, which would be 40, but um, I think that would be uh, a little bit doubtful at this point, especially just from the, the fact that you have to get all these new cars to the teams, they have to assemble them, and they have to have them in Daytona. Now, there's been a couple of talks about uh, teams expanding. Obviously, this is, this is an expansion for track house, but not an expansion for the field, if that makes sense. So they're going to two cars. There's been talk of, of 2311 going to as many as three cars. Um, and certainly, I think that would be something important for Toyota to do uh, with, the, the, with the next-gen cars and, and developing those cars going forward. But for Chip Ganassi, it's very interesting. I want to read you this quote first, which uh, comes from Ganassi himself, which says, My NASCAR team was not for sale. Justin simply came to me with a great offer and an even better vision. As everyone knows, I care deeply for my employees, so selling to someone like Justin, who is part of the CGR family, made the reality of selling much easier. So Justin Marks obviously raced for Ganassi, I think won for him at least once on the Xfinity side of things. And it's interesting that, that Chip was not considering selling, which again kind of goes back to my point is Marks brought a, a significant, significant amount of money. And Chip said, all right, bet. <laughs> and, and so this has broader motorsports implications than just uh, NASCAR. This frees up a tremendous, I'm sure this frees up a tremendous amount of resources on Chip Ganassi Racing side. So things like an LMDH program, which is heavily rumored, in fact, I know pretty well, pretty darn well, that they have one in development, a program. I don't know exactly what manufacturer they're with. I think the, the, the smart money would be on Cadillac or Corvette or some sort of a GM product, considering that uh, Chevy is paying for them to be in DPI right now. Uh, but but certainly I think that's a definite step that Chip Ganassi Racing could take. And now I'm starting to think that things like, hey, Jimmy Johnson, he's been warming up to the ovals. A fifth IndyCar program uh, to run Jimmy the whole season and then possibly Tony Kanaan at selected races to fulfill his contract. That seems uh, you know more likely now that there is this cash on hand to to hire more people and to do things like that, accomplish projects like that. So I, this is a very exciting uh, possibility for Chip, for NASCAR, for uh, for everybody involved. It, it does seem like a good deal. Team Trackhouse. That's another thing because so obviously I think they're going to stick with Suarez. I feel like that's obvious. So you're going to have one car there, but what about the second car? Because you have two drivers there. You have Kurt Busch, who has already said, I'm not done. 
I want to keep racing in NASCAR. And he's higher in the points right now than his teammate, who would be the other driver under discussion for that, Ross Chastain. My question would be, who do you go with if you're Justin Marks? Do you go with the proven talent, which is Kurt Busch? Do you go with the potentially uh, developmental or development into uh, a truly great NASCAR driver, which is Ross Chastain, which I think he does have that potential? Or do you go completely outside and try to get a completely different driver into that track house organization now that they have two charters, they have a guaranteed spot in the field for both cars? You have, uh, you have a lot of options, and they're clearly not unwilling to spend money <laughs> as this truck. I mean, again, I don't know a number. I haven't really asked about a number. But again, considering that they had that charters are essentially worth $10 million each, just think how the equipment is worth oh the buildings oh my god i can't even so there's a lot of possibilities out there for track house. they clearly have the capital to make all these investments which will raise the profile of their team remember everybody essentially is starting with a blank sheet of paper in nascar next year so a team like track house which in reality i would personally say that that between the two new teams that were really coming in with a decent budget 2311 and Trackhouse, I think it's very clear which team has performed better. It's Trackhouse. So looking at both of those teams kind of coming in on, on somewhat equal footing, even though I would probably say in some ways 2311 probably had a better uh, starting point uh, money-wise. They had a, a ton of sponsorship right out of the, ga- uh, the gate. They had the JGR equipment, which, of course, I think came from Levine Family Racing, but whatever. Um, and they had a, a fairly – a driver who I think, well – I don't know. I'd probably say Bubba and and Suarez kind of came in to this year on equal footing. I know Suarez obviously won a championship, but uh, in terms of their cup success, they kind of came in fairly even. But I would say that I think going into next year, I would say advantage track house. They seem to be, and, and I think, and again, again, they were so impressive at Daytona too. Just right out of the box, they were fast. They got caught up in the big wreck. And they've been consistently fast. I mean, Suarez probably should have won the the Bristol Dirt Race if you think about it. So they and that's more than you can say for the other new team, twenty three eleven. So I think I think I'm not totally knocking down twenty three eleven, but I think people had a lot more expectations for that team and a lot less expectations for Trackhouse. And yet the opposite is true when you actually uh, put the when the rubber meets the road. So next year is going to be quite interesting from that perspective and in fact looking at the rest of the NASCAR field obviously we've heard about the Brad Keselowski rumors which I think are way more than rumors at this point that he's headed over to Roush what does that do does Roush I I would assume that Roush won't do three cars so I would assume that one of the drivers from Roush is going to go away does Jack kick out Newman or does he kick out um, uh, Chris Buescher so that's going to be the NASCAR silly season never fails to disappoint. I didn't quite expect it to be this silly this early on. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be weird to not have Ganassi in NASCAR anymore. That is going to be really weird. But I think for us open wheel sports car fans, it's going to be good because Chip's going to have a lot of moolah to play around with. And for the NASCAR fans, I think you're going to have a much more committed team owner in Justin Marks than you would have in Chip Ganassi. It's not, I'm not saying that Chip Ganassi wasn't committed, but Justin Marks clearly wants to be in Cup, and that's his number one focus. 
Chip obviously has his fingers in all of these different pots and pans. So uh, you're going to see a very focused uh, new life track house with the uh, former Ganassi and former Earnhardt equipment. Think about that for a second. So thank you guys so much for watching. This has been David Land on YouTube. Subscribe for more motorsport content, and I will see you in the next video. Now back to Ron Varash for his winner's interviews from this past weekend at South Bend Motor Speedway. Great race. He's kind of starting to run a little bit, got the lead. I mean, a lot of guys are battling side, you know, a lot of lap track, or I'll say side-by-side -side racing kind of basically had everybody back there, but uh, got the lead there and uh, held him off, and um, your car was behaving. Well, it's a third motor this year, so Jeez. I'm glad it's doing its job now. You're getting to know that compartment pretty good. Oh, man, too good. Uh, yeah, just... Just glad that uh, traffic kept everybody back there, so I don't have to deal with nobody. And some cars are starting to merge. Scott to 69. Other guys that were maybe in the B main. Yeah. The oh yeah. Now they're in A main. I am. I'm actually player. very happy with the competition's growing and it's being a very tight field, and couldn't ask for nothing better. A little bit better weather today than all week. It's been a hot, humid week. Yeah. Today's a little bit cooler. Very rainy. Very rainy this week too. So. How about some of your sponsors? Oh, uh, got Lock Money's uh, Realtoring, Lock Money Automotive. Listing leaders, Haley Jones, uh, Jimmy Johns out of Niles, Michigan. Uh, we got Damn It, Damn It Race videos, Left Turn Graphics, um, <laughs> Media Blast Solutions, 933 Nutrition, Only Tents, Mauer Well Service. And this, oh. this is a multi-winner now for you now. This, this makes number three. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be the first one to hit three. I, it was in projections that nobody, no Hornet driver would make three this year, and I'm just lucky to be the first one. Uh, Dalton Britton helped me out. Uh, Chris Kane really told me everything I needed to know to get it done. Just any questions I have, I got left turn graphics to be thankful for. So very good. So now you can relax. The sun's still out. Get the car loaded. Now you can watch the races the rest of the night. That's the plan. All right. Thank you much, Gordo. Yep, thank you. Back of a win. You're a slow heat car, and I thought, yeah. well, he's going to go over his time. He's going to be naughty boy, but you held up. You held him up yeah. there. Competition in this class for sure. We've been struggling with the car all year long, and we just we just can't get it right for some reason. There's something tweaked somewhere. Because you've been quick a lot of times. Right, right. I can't even get fast time or hardly get out of the way anymore. We've been throwing a lot of stuff at it here and there, trying to get it better. I mean, I think we're slowly getting it there, but it's still in it right. It's still not where we like it. the same. I mean, it changes from heating up feature anyway, so you got to be on your toes not knowing what it's going to do from race to race because it changes so much. Yeah, a lot cooler tonight, so a lot more traction. The motors are probably breathing a little bit. Correct, correct, yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, I didn't know if I was going to hold my teammate Bobby Lauro off there. I knew he had a fast car out there. I didn't think I'd get him on, on yeah, the inside there. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for him to jump out there and go around me, but I guess he didn't make it there. Oh heck, we got a uh, Maple uh, Leaf uh, Printing and Company, uh, David Stump, Affordable Tire, uh, CJ Designs, uh, Shepherd's Racing, uh, Metal Man, uh, Jimbo Company Transport, Swise Guys, Weather, uh, Heaterman, I think Metal Man on the back, which you don't have on there, uh, 
and I could just keep going on and on about all the time and stuff my dad puts in this car too and and for Ryan Schrock let me just drive this thing you know he just lets me do what I want with it I can't thank him enough now we're gonna pick on you about your player suit being all dirty I, that's all still stained up I, I can't I can't get stains out of it now I, I should have went with black got but I got all week now so how about some of your crew you said you uh, my dad, for sure. My dad's like my number one guy right now. I got Ryan Schrock, uh, Bobby Lauder. My nephew helps out a lot now, Austin Meese, which he's getting ready to drive a street stock again. And, uh, and like my fame, I can't thank my, my old lady, my, my, my say wife, and my kids and stuff letting me just do what I love, you know what I mean? It's been a, yeah, right, right. They let's spend a ton of hours on these things, and, you know, she, she lets me do it, so I got to thank her a lot, too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you much, Jason. Yep. All right. And we're recording here. Boy, yeah, survival of the fittest out there, literally. I know these late models are hand grenades to begin with, but man, when you start eight, nine of them there and crash yeah. and flat tires and oil leaks, and you're out there leading the race. Yeah. What are you sitting there waiting for, thinking, oh, my God, what's going on now? I was wondering if we're ever going to get back green for a <laughs> while there. I mean, I can't thank these guys enough. RB Car Company, do a concrete auto extras community-wide uh, preferred warranties techworks trailer sales and anybody else I'm forgetting without them none of us none of this would be possible my parents as well the crew um, man this is just awesome pretty wild deal I mean you were on the Jack series racing different tracks different areas you'll get some good finishes but a lot of miles on the way back thinking man what yeah. do we got to do to get better and now you're racing weekly at South Bend and a little bit different you guys, a lot of competition out there, a lot of years of experience in that late model class, too. Yeah, you ain't kidding. I mean, Rich Bull, he, him and his dad were the ones who gave me this opportunity in the first place. I, mean, I can't thank them enough. I mean, we bought the car off of them. Let's call it our own now, but still, without them, I wouldn't be driving an outlaw. Yeah, there's a lot, a little bit different than this in the, in the CRA series. Yeah, those crate know. cars don't like them at all. <laughs> They've got power, and you can get on the throttle and everything, and they're a blast. And this is like a bull ring. I mean, yeah. you know, the Jack series, a little bit all yeah. over the place. You got into a couple, like Anderson was a bull yeah, ring there. Yeah, Anderson's so. a great track. Winchester and Bristol were awesome. Those were really cool tracks that we got to race at. You love it when you get it on a trailer. When you don't get it on a trailer, you're like, oh my God, you know. Yeah, for a minute, I <laughs> thought we had the flat tire going down with contact with Maynard. It looks like both of us spun our tires on the restart there, and then I guess Charlie Hanna was leaking some oil around, and that's probably what I thought my flat tire was. But, but if you can get around Maynard on a restart, normally those guys have those restarts Yeah, out that, you know. They're, they're always really solid on the restart. There ain't no beating them. <laughs> and how is it racing a late model weekly? You know, closer to home, you know, a lot in front of your family and friends a lot more. And uh, but you know, like I say, the competition is something else out here with these guys. Yeah, I mean, you got Steve, Stacy, Rich Bowl. I mean, Wade Berger, he's pretty good. I mean, all these guys are good. It's just you got equipment and all of that that comes into play. I mean, I guarantee anybody hops in this car, they can go out and win. I mean, but this is a great track. I love coming here. Favorite track. Especially when it, you know. Yeah, especially when it's when off knows. your back because you're yes. saying, oh, you got to win now, you know. Yeah, I've heard the wins get easier from here on out, but I don't think that's true. Might <laughs> <laughs> be fool's gold there. Yeah. I'm Next a, week, 40's got the big race. Are you thinking of heading up there? Uh, unfortunately, we're going to be on vacation. I really wanted to go, and then I forgot we were on vacation. I was like, oh, dang, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody had the week off. Yeah. I was planning on some other stuff, too, myself. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens up there. Yeah. And you'll be in South Bend the following weeks after that. Yep. The Sizzler, you think, tossing that around, possibly? We're talking about it. That's in the talks, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't mind racing it. New Paris, is, it seems like a tricky track, and I like those kinds of tracks. Yeah, it's a cruise a little bit all over the place. Yeah. You know, so. But, man, this is awesome.
so I'm so excited. Finally got the money. Go up through all your wins that you've had. Is this probably one of your bigger ones? Yeah, by <laughs> far. <laughs> I mean, I've won in GLS Mini Cups twice. I mean, karting, we did really good and winning all over the place. Finally got the first one in the full size car, and it's awesome. Probably the biggest crowd, too, you know, for a win. Yeah, you, know, you ain't kidding. There, but, man, this is a pretty cool night. Congrats. Now you can relax the rest of the night. Yep. Now you can be telling Rich Bull what to do. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know about that. So, I think I need to keep those secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not every recipe in the book, you know. Yeah. So, well, congrats on the win and uh, safe travels getting home. Yep, thank you. Okay, now we got her going. I missed the last, all but the last three or four laps. I saw you take the lead from Brandon there for the win. How did the race go for you up to that point there? Uh, you know, starting the back of the pack and kind of moving your way through the uh, like I said, once once the guys got where they were going, man, and, um, you know, it's just they got down out of the way, and it was a good race, and, you know, everybody races pretty clean. Nobody really slams into each other, nothing like that. Um, you know, it's fun. I'm glad, you know, I went with the baby here and got my wife here and my family, and, you know, that's that's what it's all about. So and you made the pass on the outside. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Happen on the outside the yeah, well, I, love, I love racing here. Man, this racetrack is, is definitely a, a racer's racetrack, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. I'm glad to get one under my belt this year. And you made the move on restarts. I mean, all the meters are good on restarts. Oh, yeah. Just take a class. Yeah, just there, there, no slacking. There's no slacking on a restart, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, got the outlaw car. I'm, I'm looking to get it done and, you know, get it ready. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can come back and get another win with that, too. And you've been racing here for a couple of years now. Yeah, all the different classes. Yeah, we've, we've we've raced outlaw sportsmen. You know, the rest of the guys they, they jump in street stocks and race them, and and they're all pretty tough. They're, there's not one that's not. You know, all, every one of them, all the maiders are they're they're tough. You know, they're race car drivers. So I mean, that's can't really complain about nothing like that. You know. And how about some of your sponsors? Uh, this is my dad's car. I got to thank him first and foremost. Um, let me race it. Um, uh, S is Shamrock. Um, I think that's it. I'm not sure of anybody else, really. Okay. If there's supposed to be sponsors on here, you get to talk to them. Yeah, right, right. Yep. But I'm just glad to be back in the, you know, the winter circle. Future plans for the next couple of weeks. We got 40 next week with the late models. Um, man, I, I talked to my wife. I was maybe hoping to get my outlaw card done for that. Um, not 100% for sure on that yet. Um, I know my brother Zach. He's going to be probably going to New Paris or either one of them. I'm not really sure yet. Um, so really, you know, I, I know this car is going uh, Sunday to Galesburg to race. So race. Yep. So I mean, I'm not sure who's driving it yet or nothing like that. So. But yeah, it's uh, good to be back, that's for sure. Congrats on the win. And, Thank you. Uh, safe travels on the way home. Thank you. Great race out there. Hunter Smith, uh, you can see somehow he finds that 14th spot somehow and he leads a bunch of laps and got it your way around him. And after that, you know, Ron Gertz Bowl there as well and kind of smooth sailing after that. Yeah, this is the most fun I've ever have. Uh, I've had. Uh, racing street stocks, uh, even when I raced for Mike Wardinger uh, a couple years ago, man, it's just, it's fun, really fun. Uh, good group of guys, really clean racing. Um, almost wants me, wants me to buy a street stock, but uh, I got the opportunity to race for Mike Failer, awesome guy. I uh, can't thank him enough. Um, Tasco, uh, Ready Mix, uh, Rocket Fab, Tyler Rorick, and uh, Mike Failer for letting me drive the race car. Yeah, look at Mike's case. He had he was racing dirt a little bit, and he got over this car, and really not doing much with it or anything, and then, you know, sneaks up here and, you know, gets with you about it and stuff, and next thing you know, car's in victory circle there. Yeah, he, we joked around about racing.
racing for him last year, and he had that old uh, another car that Blake Smith actually has now, and uh, joked around about it. And Actually, we worked out, got the opportunity, and uh, I really can't thank him enough. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do uh, double duty. It's, it's a lot at times, but uh, messed up on the, on the sportsman today, um, setup-wise. Uh, we had a really good race car all day, and then with that oil and the late model race that was laid down, uh, it was way too loose, and uh, that's my fault. And uh, we'll regroup. We're going to Galesburg on Sunday. They got a big show, 2,000 to win, the Freedom 100, and... We're going to take this to M40 next uh, next Saturday and see what we can do. So he's coming up at 40. You know, the guy's been up there a lot over the years. Maybe not yeah. so much the last couple of years, but, you know, at track when there's a spin out, it can become a pilot because that inside oh, wall yeah. and the outside wall and there's just no place to go. But still a fast little track and uh, the banking, a little bit like a Kalamazoo, a little bit different from Kalamazoo. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, I love M40. Uh, I really do. Uh, I haven't raced there in four years, so I'm looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to race with all these guys again. It's kind of neat when you go back to the street stock class, you know, and you're in the sportsman, some veterans are in that class, and you go to the street stock class saying, my God, Kaiser, he's been racing for 100 years. Bull's been racing for 120 years. You know, you got all these guys that's been racing forever, you know, and, like, man, there's some really experienced guys even in the street stock class. Yeah, it just seems like everyone's dropping down, uh, which I don't blame him, man. I, I come here and... Uh, race the street stock and I have the like I said I have the most fun uh, this is this is a really good opportunity uh, for me even you know dropping down to a street stock but uh, anymore the, these these cars are all pretty close to the same there's a lot more technology built into these street stocks than there were 15 years ago yeah, even even three years ago. late model 25 years ago. even three years ago and they've really come a long way and uh, there's no more of leaving them on the trailer all week you got to work on them I mean uh, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a good group of guys behind me uh, to help out, and uh, that's why we win a lot. It's always tough to stay ahead of the game on extra parts you need, and just make it add on everything. You know, yep, so. definitely. Yep. Uh, Got to thank my wife for letting uh, letting us come race every week, putting up with it all. My buddy Ryman, uh, we're in the shop a lot. Uh, last couple of weeks we haven't. He's we both had some things go on, and um, but uh, race cars are ready, and and. Uh, we continue to win. At least it was cool outside today, too. Oh, a lot better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that helped out a lot there. Definitely. I know at work's been hot all week with humidity, and, definitely. you know, today's feels like the air conditioner's on full blast out here. Yeah, I wish Sunday was going to be like this, but it's actually going to be about 90 degrees for Galesburg, so, uh, we'll have fun either way. It's skinny, so you can, you can, right. you can get by. Right. That guy's like me, a little bit tougher deal there. Right. <laughs> well, good luck, and uh, good luck on Sunday. Yeah, and appreciate we'll see you at 40 next Saturday. Yeah, we'll see you. Thank you. I saw the lap car coming up and I knew I had to set a pick on him, so I wanted to make sure I was to his door so he knew I was there and then I was going to hold him down and I was going to set a pick. I knew he had nowhere to go. He's going to have to wreck me. So, <laughs> so, so he knows that move next time. That's right. That's right. I'll have to change it up next time. Yeah, you might have to, you might have to make sure you're behind him instead of on the side. That's right. Him. That's right. Yeah. But the car looks pretty sharp looking here, you know. You like it? It was kind of like a couple different colors and it became purple and... Yeah. It's like the way you're having motor 
surprised that you didn't want to put a number on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was I was ashamed. <laughs> so, but I tell you, yeah, left turn graphics, Melissa, she did an awesome job. It's one of my favorite cars. Her and I were bouncing ideas off of each other. She had a lot of good ideas. A lot of this is her. She did a great job, and I'm very happy with the way it turned out. And a great race there too. I mean, the car's like it's, it's getting the speed now, and it's it's yep. staying up on the track. It's not dropping down that infield. Yeah, yeah, the track really felt, didn't feel very good. I think all the rain just really washed away all the rubber. Yeah, five inches of rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's nothing the track could do, but it was really rough. The outside really wasn't there. It was a little better for the feature, but all day it's just been pushy, pushy, pushy. And we made a, an adjustment going into the feature, and we're like, hey, we'll see if it works. And it, it was turning pretty good. Yeah, we got the data destruction tomorrow. Yeah. And we're off next weekend for safety here. Yeah. So coming back on the, you know, the 17th, it's going to be Oh yeah, I'm sure, but that's fine. I'm, we're going on vacation first thing tomorrow morning, so I'm ready to get home, get some sleep. I'm ready for a week off. You cheated! You cheated! This is the first place loser here. That's right. And you're leading the race, and here comes Big Brother, you know. L little brother. And, you know, you're little, little brother. Little Big Brother. And you're brother. that lap car thinking, well, what do I do? Before you can do anything, he's already on the outside. I, would, I wasn't sure which way he was going, so I was waiting to see that. By the time I saw that, I saw his nose on the outside, and I was like, well, that's it. Yeah. But now you know what to do next time. Yeah, stay high. <laughs> <laughs> have that, have that Aussie or Charlie Hunt push. You know, that's right. That's right. Like when someone's trying to pass you there. So, oh, it's yeah. been a great run for you, though. I mean, you're doing some pretty good finishes here yourself. Yeah. As long as the car holds together. They think you're getting pretty worn out there. I mean, they, they may change the diet here. Would be maybe yeah. needed or something. Yeah, here. that's needed for me. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Sleep. I'm well, exhausted. I also got up at four, five thirty in the morning to go to work this morning too. So. Oh, well, that's a, that excuse because you only got four breaks today, right? So, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, can get some good run though. Thank you. Davis one and two is never a bad deal. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm pretty happy with not it. Not like Davis one and two on the Rutgers or Flatbeds. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was a rough night, but I'm glad we were able to bring it home in one piece and don't have to. With it too much, I don't have to worry about it while I'm on vacation now. So there you go. So all right, well, congrats on the win. Looks like our late model or the street stock B main guys coming back here. All right, so, thanks. Congrats on the win, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, thanks, bud. Hey, ready to good race for you. You know, a lot of cars are kind of behind you. No one really challenged you once you got the lead. You're gone. I mean, a couple lap cars were out there, but uh, your experience is like it paid off. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I mean, and just switching out, and I mean, still trying to figure out the car. You know, we weren't expecting this. It was more of a just practice with it and still seeing the opportunity. Of course. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh, I think I think by next week we should be there. Well, there's no race we next should. week. That's how you're going to get in it, right? <laughs> well, we're going to M40. We're sponsoring a part of a M40 oh, okay. up there for the Hornets for the oh. 500 to win. So. Mike, we'll give it a shot. Okay, good, good. How about nice. some of your sponsors? Look like you're getting some. You got some paint on the car now, and it's like you're getting some sponsors going on. The only sponsor on this car is L and M. We buy junk cars, which is my company. I mean, and uh, I put Clyde stickers on there, of course, because he cages my stuff, and then Left Turn Graphics, I put it on there. I mean, because they do help me out, and uh, but it's more of the decals and stuff like that. So you guys did a good sponsorship a few weeks ago. How well did that work out? Any extra business out of that or any other uh, calls or something? <laughs> I actually ended up getting quite a few free cars. Oh, really? They told me just come pick them up for what you did there. Just, I, I mean, I didn't turn them down, you know. Yeah, so, and, and uh, some cores and stuff like that. So I did end up picking up more business from it, so that so was kind of nice. Yeah, it did. With it these did. interviews, they always get a lot of pretty girls when a friend requests you, too. <laughs> they may not live in the United States. They might live in some other country, but they're always going to friend request Well, not with this old gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> we just here just to have fun, for real, honestly. And then the rest of the year, you're going to pretty much just run out 
you're out, out here at South Bend and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, later on, we do want to kind of travel out a little bit and, you know, get out of South Bend and just try new tracks out and stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, it's kind of fun here even. I mean, the track oh, yeah. can change a lot even with the same surface. A lot of people, that's just the same thing over and over, but it is different, you know. The, you know, sometimes it can be tight. And the temperature, humidity, yeah. how the car is running, tires on the car and everything. Yeah, I, I, I cranked the tires up. I mean, it was pretty cold. And I seen them street stocks and everything sliding around, so cranked them up a little bit. And uh, it helped. It helped. Well, good I'm keep good job chill. on the win, and uh, we'll see the car up at 40 next weekend. Yep, this one and about three more. Very good. All yep. right, thank you, sir. Thank you. We missed the entire race. How'd the race go for? Obviously, you won the race. Yeah. The cars in one piece, not overheating or you know, yeah. We've or had a rough year this year, overheating, and nothing just went. Nothing's went right this year. But the finally, been kind of notoriously loose. Yeah, we finally got it tightened up, and it's getting there. Maybe we'll make the A one of these nights. Uh, well, that would be exciting. Get yeah. front roll there and have you do the deal. We missed it by a couple cars tonight. We'll get it. We'll get it figured out. We're, we're getting better every week. That's all that matters. Now I see some sponsors on there. You want to mention those sponsors? Yep. Color Creation Hair Studio and Billy Goat Nine and Dine in New Carlisle. Go out. They have great pizza. Here you get your hair styled up. You know for that color creation. Yeah. Yeah, maybe kind of maybe I'll have some 99s put in the hair or something. Yeah. And how about some of your friends? My cousins, Danny Brown, and my parents, my friends. Can't do it without all my friends. They help. Everybody helps. It's a family deal. They know you were in four cylinders forever. Yeah. I mean, for a few years. Yeah. Then you dabbled into the street stocks and a lot tougher. And yeah, the competition yeah. is so much more extreme. It's just we're all so close in times. It's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of aggravating because you think, I'm in the A, I'm in the A, and then a couple cars come out later yep. in the last session, and it's like, you know, what do you got to do, you know? Yeah, I thought for sure I was in the A earlier, and then it was not. So. But. There's always next week. Yep. But you got the win and the B. Yep. So that's, that's about as good as payoff for about the fifth and the A yeah. down there. So I probably better off being in the B anyways. There you go. And then uh, you get the interview too, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, we get your pretty face on the ring on the camera here. Yeah, great. <laughs> so well congrats on the win. Next week, uh Street Sock Race at forty. You think of heading up that way or I don't know yet. I don't know what the plans are. Uh we'll see. All right. Congrats on the win and uh, have safe travels getting home. All right, thank you. Year, we're going to do a little bit of an earlier racing roundup for last weekend. Not a lot of tracks raced last weekend. Uh, a lot of them did the Night of Destruction events. New Paris had a big one. South Bend had a big one. Uh, something I did tape at South Bend was the fireworks display and the monster truck exhibition there. But uh, folks get a chance to watch that firework display Kevin Sauer and Vern Sauer put together. And uh, it's got to be, it's a five-figure uh, bill there for those uh, fireworks but well worth it and uh, the phenomenal was the finale there is just amazing so uh, get a chance to check that out amazing aerials I mean uh, Kevin's always been big on fireworks and uh, this year was no exception place was packed amazing show over there itself and a lot of entertainment a lot of fun a long night but uh, a lot of fun people from all over the place were there from Chicago to Grand Rapids to Lafayette um, going back to some racing South Bend did have a racing program back on Friday night they did a Disney giveaway as well, but the fan that won it, actually he took the cash instead. So uh, might uh, have another one down the road there, again down the road on that. But uh, uh, mini stock wise, Jason Shepard won the mini stock race. He was one of the slower cars there, started up front, I thought he was going to go over his time. But uh, he held off, Bobby Lauder for the win, good one for Jason, he was a very dominant mini stock for uh, last couple of years, still trying to find some speed in that five car, but a good win for him. 
Jaden Kurtachi won the late model race. Car, uh, I think only three or four cars finished that race. A lot of attrition. Some cars got in the wall pretty good because some cars were leaking liquid. And uh, I think I'm sure that in the last 10 laps for Jaden was probably 100 laps. But uh, youngster took it to win. He has been racing with the Jeg Series for the last couple of years and uh, started racing the late model for Rich Bowl last year. Kind of got his own car for uh, still a bull car, but uh, got it from Rich Bull this year, and he's been quick. Some good finishes, but he finally got that first ever super late model win, so great one for him. Derek Davis, he's been uh, kind of struggling a little bit this year. He was winning a lot last year, um, had some uh, motor issues, this and that, got the paint scheme on it. Now he's got a number on it, he got it all decaled up by uh, Melissa Coons, looks really good there. And he took the front wheel drive A main win. So big win for him there. Actually, his brother was leading. They came up on a lap car, and Derek shut the door on him on a lap car as a pick and uh, took the win. Um, Jacob Maynard, Sportsman Main. Uh, he's been racing off and on a little bit this year, but uh, had that 14 car running really good there Friday night and took the Sportsman Main win. He did an outside pass on the 11 car. Uh, Brandon Smith for the win. And uh, good deal there for him. Austin Maynard actually took the uh, street stock win in the 70 car, and that was the uh, Mike Failer entry, and uh, I think that's his first or second win in the streets. I think that's the second win in the street stock. Jeremy Campbell took the B main for the street stocks, and going to the Hornets, Cordell Davis took his third win of the year, and uh, got that 20 car running awfully good there, and Leroy Luna actually uh, took the B main for the Hornet class. So that was it for the racing at South Bend. Now, Saturday night at Lucas Oil Speedway, or as we would call it, Indianapolis Raceway Park, for our, our people that's been around a long time, the Superstar Racing experience was there, the SRE League. A lot of people say, what's that? Well, that's that Tony Stewart deal that he gets 12 cars together, 12 different drivers. Um, about seven, eight, nine of them are going to be full-time regulars. There's a couple guys that's going to take a night off or two, and they bring in some ringers. And the ringer this weekend was Bobby Santos from the sprint car ranks. But uh, as the race unfolds, they run two heat races. They invert them for the feature. And Ernie Francis, actually from Trans Am, started up front with Scott Speed. Tony Stewart was up there. Stewart kind of fell back a bit. Speed and uh, Francis put on a great show. Uh, they had the break and everything. They came back and raced again. And a couple more passes, a couple different lead changes. But Ernie Francis took the win. And Bobby Labonte, of all, got uh, second place out of that. Scott Speed ended up getting third. Santos from the sprint car ranks ended up getting fifth. Tony Stewart was seventh, and he was uh, kind of the guy that was doing a lot of wins over the last couple weeks there. But uh, last week, it was, like I say, Indianapolis Raceway Park, Lucas Oil on the 5 8 mile pavement. They're going to go to Slinger Speedway, a high-bay quarter-mile track, this Saturday night. And that's going to be on CBS Sports again at 8 o'clock. Um, Talking about maybe having a couple different guys uh, over there for Slinger, so they're gonna we're gonna announce that a little bit later. So keep an eye on that announcement. Who's gonna be the, the kind of the guest drivers over there? I know we got Scott Bloomquist is gonna be coming up on another show here um, before year end, and we could see that Cody Swanson could be in a ride here too for a show. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Road of all, all wise, Brad Sweet took the last five wins at Cedar Lake. He swept them this past weekend. And uh, Carson Macedo gave him a good run on Saturday night, but uh, uh, Sweet, he just, he just seems to have that Cedar Lake place figured out and took the 10,000 to win show. Um, something else we got going on this Wednesday night, St. Joe County Fairgrounds, we got the mini wedges. And those are the kids that race those cars. They race them at Plymouth, they race them at South Bend on Sundays. 
Um, they're Little Kalamazoo Speedway. Um, I think they're at Crystal. A couple different tracks. I think they're at Springport. But uh, they're going to have like a practice session on the dirt track out at the fairgrounds there about 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. So it's you just pay the admission price. You can get in there and watch these kids up close. And they have the fire suits. And it's a... Uh, Kind of like it looks like a like a kind of a slower go kart, but it's got a wedge body on it, like a late model wedge body, full row cage on it and stuff. But these kids are anywhere from ages four to four to eleven years old. I don't not sure if the four and five and six year olds will be doing this for the junior class, but the uh, the, the older kids will be doing it. But uh, it's going to be it's free to watch them. They actually are going to race Saturday afternoon at the fairgrounds, so uh, something to be kind of cool to check out for them. Uh, big experience for them. Like I say, St. Joe County Fairgrounds on Wednesday night. But uh, that'll do it for this here edition. We're going to have another one later on in the week. Got a big show. South Bend's leasing M40 Speedway for a Saturday night program up there. New Paris has got their uh, Sessler tune-up race with the Modifieds and Super Late models. Street Stock's added for the big race there. Some added money's going on there. And uh, a couple other tracks will be back in operation. I believe Plymouth Speedway will be back again with a regular program. But uh, we'll kind of highlight that. Friday night we're going to be at uh, Kalamazoo Speed. we got the vintage cards this time. First time there and I think five or six years, so pretty good deal there. So, plus McLawn Speed, we'll go back in action down at McLawn there, down in uh, central Indiana. So that's about it for now. And uh, any questions, be sure to give me a message. Be sure to check out that firework display with, with some of that footage from South Bend Motor Speedway. It's, uh, Kevin does a hell of a job with that deal. So take care now. See you later. From AccuWeather.com, this is AccuWeather Daily, a brief host-read article. It's weather news in a nutshell. Brought to you by American Express Business. American Express offers a line of cards to help take your business further. Because with needs like yours, you need a card built for business. Today is Friday, July 2nd. An enterprising dog owner invents palsam workout to beat the summer heat by Paige Barnes. In Las Vegas, the average temperature this time of year is 102 degrees Fahrenheit, but the city notorious for its desert heat, among other things, has already seen high temps climb above 115 in mid-June. And more triple-digit heat is on the way there in the coming weeks, according to AccuWeather senior broadcast meteorologist Jeffrey Cornish. Cornish said asphalt temperatures can reach above 140 degrees even if air temperatures are around 87 to 90 degrees, and that can quickly burn tender paws. What's a dog owner to do when their pup needs exercise in the summer? Ray Santo Pietro, owner and founder of Run Dog in Las Vegas, believes he has found a solution to let local dogs take a break from the rough heat while still breaking a sweat with his mobile gym. The van is equipped with two non-motorized treadmills, also known as slat mills, so the dog can run or walk at its own pace. Inside, the vehicle is climate-controlled with front and rear air conditioners, keeping temperatures between 70 and 78 degrees. Run Dog comes to people's homes, businesses, and even supermarkets while the dog's owner shops for groceries. Santo Pietro said he uses squeaky or chew toys to motivate the pup to start running. In some cases, Run Dog's team will slowly start moving the treadmill with their hands to acclimate the dog with the moving band. 
once we get to the point of having a kind of an advanced level dog that's right, we can do full workup programs, just like you would for a human being getting a personal trainer, Santo Pietro said. We'll put them through wind sprints, cool them down for 10 minutes and stuff like that. The concept of the van began with Santo Pietro's own rescue dog, Frankie, a 70-pound English bulldog. He said Frankie was given up for adoption because of his aggressive and destructive behavior. That was an indication Frankie wasn't getting enough exercise, Santo Pietro said. So the family bought its first slat mill. When you're solving a problem for a dog that's destroying your house, the solution for some is to put them in a crate, he said. Not the best idea. Completely the opposite of what he needs. He actually needs exercise because typically disruptiveness is a result of not being exercised. Run Dog also partners with local Las Vegas shelters to provide a first free run to anyone who has adopted a shelter dog. The whole idea of the business was to make it as convenient for people as possible so that there's really no reason to ignore your dog or not give them exercise even when it's hot out or even when you don't have time, Santo Pietro said. That's it for today. For your local weather at your fingertips, download the AccuWeather app or head to AccuWeather.com. Meet Shannon Simmons, owner of Rad Ads Ad Agency. Shannon's biggest client is across the country, and they requested an in-person meeting tomorrow. So she used her American Express Business Cards app feature, which lets her track her business expenses from the last-minute flight to the late-night burrito upon arrival. Big meeting Tuesday, expenses recorded Wednesday, crushing it every day. Built for business by American Express. Don't do business without it. This story features a fictional character from a fictional business. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businesscards. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Russell here back at you bringing you the weekly sounds of the race courtesy through YouTube. It's SRX at Lucas Oil Raceway. Contact off the corner, almost a dead heat. They're still bumping and banging back to turn one. And all the etiquette's out the window now. He's like, okay, that's the game you're playing. Oh, big slide from Ernie. Whoa. It's his junior and again, more contact. 
Bobby Labonte waiting to make sure he can evade if something goes wrong in front of him. You can see the guys trying to dive in the corner using all the roads in the middle of four. Oh, massive slide from oh! Scott Speed had as he held it. What a save! You're good, you're good, you're good. Clear. Yeah, phenomenal save. Right. Scott Speed, but I think his, his right rear tire is just on fire right now. He has used that car up trying to race for the win. So it's Labonte and Castroneves now for second. Francis Jr. has gotten away. Three wide to the bottom. Off turn four. Marco Andretti. And somehow they all came out of the corner. Marco Andretti has done a fabulous job. Up three since the start of the race. Oh, bit of a nudge. Yeah. was the third. Tempers are beginning to boil a little bit back there. I see the 13 car involved as well with Paul Tracy in the yellow car to the outside. Santos just continually feeding the bumper to Marco Andretti. Listen to the free spin up the corner for Marco. Scott Speed fighting for all he can to hold on to third spot. Contact Santos into Tracy. And the caution is out. Tracy was really lucky to get away with that. He didn't stay on the brakes and ran down the track. Oh, and Elio and Scott Speed under caution get together. What happened there? Big damage to the Castroneves right front corner. I think there might be a slight disagreement. It's continue, shall we say. All right, and so we Third to the inside, up pushes right up into Paul Tracy. Nothing Paul Tracy did wrong there at all. And then watch, watch as he comes to the close. That was Willie T. Ribs. Great yeah. job of avoiding. Normal job for Willie T. Ribs. Nothing. Paul was just used up there. Now, the Scott Speed and Castro Neves thing. Let's see if we can decipher that. yellows out you see the... yeah so did he not see that the yellow came out or did he do that on purpose let's see from Elio's side of things that's Bobby Labonte ahead oh I see okay. that was a payback from that so you saw the car moving that was Scott Speed I think getting into yeah. the left rear of Elio and that was a little payback Elio's Playing so nicely anymore. Got a little nudge. Oh, and a big nudge. And another nudge. <laughs> Getting his money's worth. Yeah, he really is at this point. Yeah, going, oh, I think I want to be the the fiberglass guy, the guy that supplies the fiberglass the to the series. Yeah. yeah. There's the first part. All right. Yeah, that was pretty blatant. by Scott into the left rear quarter. So by this point, Elio's uh, pulse is not 139 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Oh, yeah, there's damage there. See the cooling hoses for the, the brake system? Yeah. Dampers. There you go, if you want to see what a racing car looks like underneath. There's a camera. That's the... Uh, Is that uh, Bill Elliott's car? Yeah. yeah. There we go. It's always the cameras that get it. You ever noticed that? Oh, well, that's why we have a lot of them. <laughs> Well, this should be kind of interesting because now we've got angry people. We've got two laps to go in the race and another restart. And now it's going to be Bobby Labonte next to Ernie Francis Jr. up front with an angry Elio Castroneves right behind them. Bobby Labonte sniffed the wind. Uh, 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 
if I was on that in one of those cars right now, we just pulling the belts a little tighter, just you know. Let me tie some things together there. When Bobby won his race here back in 1991, he was running second, and Chuck Brown, great NASCAR, then Bush Series driver, was leading, and Chuck's safety belts came loose inside the car, and he had to slow down to reattach them, and Bobby got by him, and that's how Bobby won the race. Ah. Yeah, it's, it's so difficult to drive when the belts yeah, I've, I've tried a, it once. Not the thing you want, right? Not much fun, no. Yeah. So they're picking up some some debris, some of the fiberglass out on the racetrack that got shed and all of those collisions and things. And uh, we're going to have a couple of laps under the yellow here. And you have the radio microphone in hand. Who are you going to go for? I think Bobby Labonte, yeah. Good no choice. Way. Good choice. Bobby Labonte, it's Dario in the booth. Running P2, can you sniff the win? Yeah, hey man, I guess you're going to Goodwin next week. I'll miss you there. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, and we're so tight. I don't, there's no way I'm going to get around our knee unless something happens. But we'll just uh, give it our best shot here. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see. But uh, you never know. Obviously, these uh, last caution flags get kind of crazy. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think uh, tonight's a night for surprises. So all the best. And uh, yeah, I'll see you at Goodwin uh, possibly next year. I hope have a good one, Bobby. Of course, the Goodwood Festival of Speed over in uh, England, one of the great um, motor car events. Is that how you say it over there? The motor, motor car, car Yeah, I think that might be the first time that Goodwood's ever been mentioned. Yeah. So, basically. It, uh, that's, that's exactly true. All right, we're furiously dialing the radio up to see if we can talk to the young race leader, Ernie Francis Jr. Let's have a word. Ernie Francis Jr., it's Dario up in the TV booth. You're, uh, you're having a good night, a couple more laps to go. How's it feeling? It's like the last uh, 10 laps taken forever now. Uh, thought we had it there, and then uh, that caution came out. Really making it hard for us out here, but uh, car's feeling really good. Just kind of trying to uh, focus on the restart, uh, get a good start, and try and hold it to finish. Good man. Uh, I think a P1 trophy would make that drive to Road America a little bit more pleasant overnight. Yeah, definitely would be. Definitely make that drive a lot better. Hopefully uh, we can make it happen. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Ernie Francis Jr. Very calm. Well, he may be expressing calm, but I think, you know, on the inside, he's very... That's half the battle, isn't it? And, and by the way, and Dad is twice as tense as Ernie is. It's always the way. Oh, I yeah. hate watching friends and family members race. Yeah. So I was much calmer due to myself. Well, he knows what this would mean for his son. And, uh, of course, what they've already accomplished just by how well he's performed here. Yeah, absolutely. So, Over those seven in a row transaction. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but racing against, you know, Bobby Labonte and Elio Castroneves and Tony Stewart and, you know, and, and, and beating them all. Okay. On an oval. Yeah. Coming to one to go. So we'll get the one to go signal. We have two laps left to go on our feature. So it's a green-white checker to decide our main event. And there are, in SRX Racing, unlimited attempts at a green-white checker finish. Could be the last two laps. Might not be, just saying. It's pretty interesting. That's an understatement. That might be an understatement of the night. Look for Marco Andretti, though. P4 on the outside. Yeah. Damaged yeah. car of Scott Speed. Third on the inside. About this, Ernie Francis Jr. was born seven years after Bobby Labonte won that race I was talking about here at Lucas Oil Raceway in 1991. All right.
away. Pace car better hurry to get away because they're already beginning to accelerate in turn three. Lamonti inside of the teal car. Ernie Francis Jr. in the yellow car on the outside. Two laps to go. Green flag is out. Francis Jr. coming off at turn four. He's managed to stay to the outside of Bobby Labonte. Just clears him off too. Yeah, Bobby Labonte being, I have to say, very kind there. Didn't really push the issue. Marco Andretti going to the high side of Scott's lead though. White flag. We're going into the last lap of the race. Ernie Francis Jr., Bobby Labonte. There's Scott Speed and Marco Andretti racing for third spot. Marco Andretti fourth again, he won our Scott Speed slips up, coming off at two, Marco wants that podium finish. And Bobby Santos Jr., the local all-star, will challenge him, that's going to be close in three, we're off of turn number four, an SRX series checkered flag for Ernie Francis Jr. at Indianapolis. by the young man being challenged. Yay! Tune in each week as Ron, David, and me Russell bring you another audio podcast of motorsports excitement. Share this and like SME Community Radio on Facebook. Ron keeps you actively in the loop. The checkered flag now flies. See you at or on the track.